It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. From New England lobster rolls to Memphis-style barbecue and from churros to Polish jam-filled donuts, you'll find an exploration of authentic American recipes from sea to shining sea in America, the cookbook by Gabrielle Langholz. And Gabrielle's joining me today on Amy's Table. Well, Gabrielle, thanks for taking a break from all this travel to join us today. The book is amazing. Oh, thank you. It was a labor of love and a ton of fun. I bet it was. Well, it's interesting as I read about you and I realized that you started out as the editor of Edible Manhattan and Edible Brooklyn. You kind of started small and you went huge. (laughs) So what made you, yeah, what made you say, you know what, I'm going to eat my way across America? Um, well, I had sort of been eating my way across America my whole life. Um, as a kid, my parents, uh, moved our little family all over. They were both college professors. My dad was in the service when I was young. So I was born in Indiana. My parents were from New York. We lived in Kentucky, California, six years in Alaska, six years in Oklahoma. I went to high school in New York City, um, college in Virginia, lived in Colorado. Oh, yeah, you were. <laughs> so um, I, had, I was working as a magazine editor in New York, and I had done another cookbook. Um, and you, if you know the Edible Magazines, you know they're really about place-based taste, cooking the local harvest, mm-hmm. local food traditions. And when my editor at Fiden approached me with this project, um, they were looking for somebody to take it on. She thought of me professionally, but she didn't know uh, that this book was kind of a spiritual calling for me. Um, I had actually grown up all over America. I had yeah. state. And I revisited, uh, I think it was 21 or 22 states in the um, research of this book. So, yes, many years of of eating my way across the country. I love that. Isn't it funny how everything just always seems to come full circle, you know, whether you expect it to or not? Well, one of the things that, of course, troubles many people who love food is, you know, wake up in a hotel in almost any city and you're apt to look out the window and see a chain that you would see in any city. And so the idea that you have, you know, celebrated, shown a light on, resurrected, whatever it might be, the regional recipes, I think is really huge. And, and I wondered, you know, were there any first from your growing up and then from doing the 50 States foods or traditions that really particularly inspired you any States or regions? Well, you're so right that you wake up in a hotel on the side of a highway and look out the window and you'll see a chain. Yeah. Or you drive down the highway uh, hours on end and see a whole bunch of chains. And I think America has really earned a reputation, a bad reputation internationally for food that is bought through a car window yeah. or um, food that comes in a package with a whole bunch of ingredients nobody can pronounce and food that makes people <laughs> fat and sick and uh estranged from nature and what they really wanted to do with this book is say that is not the whole story and regional cuisine is alive and well from coast to coast mm-hmm. um, and you know you think of uh you think of new england and you think of lobster rolls and maple syrup and cranberries and blueberries and pancakes and you know that's really got its own fair new england boiled dinner which i love and um, 
make you think of the deep south and all the pecan pie and fried chicken and pimento cheese and coconut cake and collard greens. I mean, I love I love that food. The shrimp and grits. Yes. I love it too. From the Gulf. And I mean, I could go on and on. The Southwest, the Northwest, the Midwest. So, um, so if you get off the highway and you seek out, you know, you, you skip the chains. I mean, sometimes we go to chains and that's life. Um, but there are still so many mom and pops and local businesses and local food traditions that, um, that people have been eating for a long time. And there's really a renewed, I think, interest and appreciation. And, and pride, of, pride of place. I think people are proud. I, I, fl- I flipped to Michigan exactly. because, of course, I'm from Michigan, and I'm delighted to see Zingerman's as one of your guest contributors, Ari. Oh, I love Ari. Yeah. So, to have him in the book. Do you find there's people like that in each state that are like, hey, hey, let me tell you what's great about the food in my state? Exactly, exactly. So in the back of the book, um, so the book is uh, over 800 recipes. And yeah, it's a biggie. Book, it's big. <laughs> it's a big country and it's a big book. Um, but in the back of the book, I have essays and recipes from contributors in every single state. And um, I'm thrilled to have Ari from Michigan, from Zingerman's. That was just blown away to have him yeah um, there were so many people like that i mean california alice waters and amazing old and john besh and um uh michael anthony and danny meyer and jenny britton bauer and barbara lynch i mean just you know hugh atchison some of the really biggest names in food who were so proud to come out and say here are the foods of my state and i love this place That is so great to see. I mean, really, you could just be enthralled by this book in so many different directions, sort of part travel companion, part food essay, part recipe book, part geography lesson. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, I love that you use the phrase pride of place. I'm going to have to start saying that. That's exactly right. Um, I use the phrase place-based taste sometimes. And it's really about, you know, culinary geography. It's like what grows here, what's wild here. Who lives here? How are cultures here um, bumping into one another and, and swapping ingredients and recipes? So that's what shapes the taste. Kind of a little bit of anthropology, too. Yeah, um, definitely. Big road trips, basically. Definitely. Well, so are there any states that, you know, you talked about deep, deep south and fried chicken and collard greens and shrimp yeah. and gits, grits. Are there any, you know, sort of well-known food feuds between the states? I didn't come across as many food feuds. Um, I mean, people, I mean, there are people who will absolutely argue, like, which is the right way to make chili. And, you know, people in Texas who are like, real chili has no beans. Or, um, you know, different chowders, whether chowders should have uh, tomato in it or cream in it. Sure, or, New England um, or Manhattan. Or How about pizza? Exactly. Chicago and New York. There's not a feud yeah. there at all? Very, well, I, I don't know a feud, but... Yeah. Um, very different, you know, people are passionate about the kind that they grew up with. Um, so we, we love the foods of our childhood. And we're also mixing it up and, um, and tasting one another. Oh, I would say cornbread. Cornbread, I think people will probably um, murder each other over whether or not <laughs> to put uh, sugar in the cornbread. In the South, they say, if you do, 
it's cake. Yes, definitely. Oh, my People gosh. Feel strongly. Passionate <laughs> opinions at the table. So one of the ways that we all, of course, celebrate food probably more than just a regular weeknight supper is the holidays. And and while we have our traditions, I mean, I feel like Thanksgiving is across all states. I'm pretty certain it was the South that started frying their turkeys, but I could be wrong. But Mm -hmm. where do you see, yeah, where do you see um, differences among holiday foods? And where do you see, you know, that, hey, we're all people and it's all the same? Well, I love for holidays, um, and I assume at this point you, you probably mean um, December holidays. Sure. And they kind of turkey feet. I love going one of two directions. I love going um, either really into American foods, native foods, wild foods. I love, I, you know, once you've got turkey and cranberry on the table, you're, you know, you're on the way. Right. Um, and wild rice from Michigan, I love to add, or I love to serve oysters. Um, or if you can get your hands on pawpaw or persimmon or black walnut, to really think about this place. And a lot of these holidays grew out of a um, harvest and, you know, we are brought everything in from the fields and we're eating out of the root cellar and we're thinking about one year ending and another one beginning. Um, but I also love to do a holiday menu that really celebrates a bunch of diverse immigrant dishes. And it's funny, I really... Um, so often when we think about immigrant foods in the United States, or when I think about immigrant foods, I think about like, oh, let's go out for ethnic food. Let's go out for Ethiopian, or let's go out for Peruvian or Guatemalan. Um, but when, um, as I was doing the research on this book, I really started to realize for the first time that so many of the foods that we think of as the kind of quintessential American foods were also brought here by immigrants over time. I mean, literally everything from chicken and beef and pork through hamburgers and hot dogs and beer brought here by the Germans. Right. And spaghetti and meatballs and pizza brought here by, you know, my Italian ancestors. And um, the foods of immigrants today are just the most recent in a really long line. I mean, even apple pie. Yeah. Um, you know, not, not native. So I love at a holiday table to bring together a, a whole bunch of different immigrant dishes Um old and new and and put those together on the table i i love that i love that first of all awareness and and thinking about that that after all we are all immigrants um and i love that it's as you say it's just the newest iteration gabrielle thank you so much for sharing america the cookbook my pleasure stick around for another helping from amy's table on q102